Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. New Books in Economics, brought to you by EAEPE, the European Association for Evolutionary Political Economy. Welcome to this new episode of New Books in Economics, part of the New Books Network. I am Andrea Bernardi from Oxford Brookes University, and I am here today to talk about a very provocative book of political economy. Uh, This was published by Routledge in 2017 and uh, with a very strong title, The Fascist Nature of Neoliberalism, co-authored by Andrea Micocci and Flavia Di Mario. Welcome, Flavia. Please uh, um, tell us something about your co-author, Andrea, uh, the late Andrea Micocci. Um, I can introduce yourself already. Um, Flavia uh, is a doctoral student and at London Middlesex University. She is uh, working on a project on industrial relations. Um, she has got uh, an MBA from Link Campus University in Rome, and she has got a, a BA in political sciences from uh, Lewis University in Rome. Uh, welcome, Flavia. What about Andrea Micocci? Andrea Nicocci uh, has got, uh, got his PhD from uh, the University of York uh, under the supervision of uh, Alex Kalinikos. Uh, he has taught uh, in uh, um, several uh, Italian and international uh, uh, universities and uh, he has uh, given a very, very original contribution into the economic uh, theories, uh, uh, especially those theories that uh, uh, trying to address the theoretical limitation uh, inherent to capitalism. Uh, he's the author of uh, several books, uh, included uh, a historical political economy of capitalism after metaphysics, uh, published by Routledge in 2016. Uh, a book, another book that I would like to uh, suggest to uh, everybody, undergraduate and graduate uh, student, to read: uh, Moderation and Revolution, 
published by Lexington in 2012, and um, other books like uh, Metaphysical Capitalism, uh, also published by Lexington in 2009, uh, and the uh, Anti-Egelian Reading uh, of uh, Economic Theory, published by uh, Mellon in uh, 2002. Uh, as you said, um, Andrea has passed away last year, and uh, he has been my supervisor during my MBA. Uh, he was also um, my co-author, and uh, he has been a, a great source of uh, uh, knowledge and inspiration for many uh, students and the intellectual uh, in all the arenas that uh, he has uh, attended. Uh, so I had the chance uh, and I was very lucky to co uh, work with him on uh, the themes uh, that uh, we, we also address in our book. Okay, clearly a radical thinker. And let's start from a very radical beginning of your book, which starts at uh, the introduction uh, at the very, very early uh, pages with a quote from no less than Benito Mussolini. This was uh, from uh, his first speech as a prime minister in 1925. And uh, the quote is, the financial problem is the crucial problem. We must balance the state budget as soon as possible. So this is a very quick introduction to one of the topics of the book, which is uh, the relationship between capitalism and fascism. Um, please tell us something about the core content of the book and its origin. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Thank you for uh, hosting me in this uh, session of your podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you and uh, having the opportunity also to tell others, uh, all your public, about uh, uh, the book that uh, I co-author with Andrea Micocci. That uh, as uh, you already mentioned, has a very strong title. That is uh, the fascist nature of neoliberalism, a book uh, published by Routledge in 2017. Uh, well, uh, thank you also for uh, mentioning uh, the quotation we want to uh, address at the very beginning of our book. Um, uh, Mussolini was uh, um, a fanatic, let's say, of budget. And uh, also today, uh, we have uh, a lot of our society and political economy that uh, is built around budget. Uh, because, uh, as you know, for example, in these days, all the European countries are discussing about uh, the ratio uh, debt GDP, uh, which is uh, assumed by everybody to be a good ratio for measuring our wealth. But is it like that? Uh, so the problem with uh, um, what is presented to us from uh, capitalism as we know it, just like uh, from fascism, is that uh, these uh, ideas, the idea of uh, a balanced budget of the idea of uh, the ratio, the ratio, the goodness of uh, some economic ratio should still reflect the reality. Meanwhile, we, we don't want to address uh, other, we don't give uh, value at all to other uh, ratios like uh, the inequality ratio. 
So that that according to us is uh, uh, an an intellectual choice and uh, is uh, an intellectual choice that we make uh, uh, first of all on individual basis and then on a uh, um, large collective basis. Uh, that, that that is what we want to address in the defensive nature of neoliberalism, uh, which is a, a, a an effort that uh, we are made to explain how. Contemporary neoliberal capitalism builds on uh, the metaphysic and myths uh, in theory and operate through uh, managerial class. So uh, we believe that uh, neoliberalism uh, has three main uh, connotations, and these connotations are metaphysic, fascism, and managerialism. So um, metaphysic um, has a very central position in our uh, conceptualization and explanation of contemporary capitalism, and it explains why empty concept has uh, replaced ideas and how individual mentality is driven to accept and practice antisocial and anti-human behavior. Just like I was mentioning you about accepting the ratio of uh, uh, GDP and debt. Uh, instead of uh, uh, taking the ratio of uh, inequality as something that our uh, policies should address for our society. Okay, so we have already uh, introduced several topics. Let's start with some more. The, let's say, for example, how do you define capitalism? So um, <clears throat> our conceptualization of uh, capitalism is, is uh, based on uh, 20 years of uh, Andrea Micocci's work, uh, which is, um, which as I was telling you uh, right now, was, uh, is essential, uh, the concept of metaphysic that we understand as a, a justified, uh, socially justified, uh, tranquilizing and fluid intellectuality uh, that uh, is grounded on the pretense that it corresponds to some individual tendency and the nature of human being. Uh, that's the reason why, uh, in other words, uh, is uh, by itself is uh, this concept, uh, just like the budget, uh, insufficient uh, to... Uh, to be practiced and imposed unless they are backed in fascist uh, behaviors and practice. So basically, we believe that capitalism is reduced to management of the economy by the states, as we, we, we are all uh, see, uh, and um, that they fight each other with uh, their own national policies some of these policies are uh, coordinating. And uh, at the end of the day, or at the end of the year, they wonder at the independence of finance and also how finance is uh, predominant in their economies. So we also pose the problem of the state intervention and regulation uh, in capitalism, the, the predominance of finance and how the, the, the predominance of finance is uh, related to uh, the metaphysic, because the, the problem of uh, today's 
neoliberal capitalism is that uh, um, as a mode of production, uh, the metaphysic is so preponderant that uh, it has erased the, the material production value and replaced it with the metaphysic of uh, the financial system. And uh, all this, all this uh, engine to function uh, needs, needed a rentier class and a managerial class, which uh, uh, has been uh, the, the visible executioner of, uh, of this will. Um, and this has been, in various ways, been imposed uh, by austerities or by other kind of policies, uh, uh, let's say, uh, worldwide, especially after the latest crisis. Okay, so let's move now to the next big topic, which is uh, neoliberalism. How do you define it and how do you use it in this discussion? Well, um, what, what uh, we, we want to say in this book is that, uh, um, and uh, also the reason why we also review some of the literature and uh, we also accounts of some, of some definition of neoliberalism um, is that uh, uh, neoliberalism has not brought anything new into the way that capitalism behaves, but uh, um, and also that uh, it has not uh, uh, diminished or, or changed the way that, as I was telling you, the fascist feature of capitalism manifests. Uh, but what neoliberalism has done, uh, it has enhanced the capacity of uh, capitalism to organize in practice and simplify in theory. Uh, that is uh, the characteristic of metaphysical capitalism, uh, because um, as we see, uh, neoliberalism tend to build on uh, uh, what we call pensiero unico, a unique, uh, single way of thought, uh, which uh, is imposed us to be coherent. Uh, so, um, on the on the same times, uh, neoliberal ideas uh, pretend to manage uh, the economic and the social dimension of our human life and make a healthcare society for all, uh, but. Uh, this is eventually against what we are all witnesses uh, in our reality. So that's why we, we, we believe that uh, uh, metaphysical capitalism explains a lot of uh, uh, the problem that we have today. That is the problem of how um, the metaphysic is, uh, is uh, basically an uh, anti-human uh, and anti individual mentality that uh, reiterates the acceptance and practice of uh, collective repression in anything that is assumed to be outside capitalism and fascism. So in other words, um, today, uh, everything that is, uh, let's say, a capitalist diversity is admitted, but uh, uh, what is not... Uh, uh, admitted uh, capitalist alternatives. Uh, and, and that's how we have a so homogenized uh, world where, where mainstream is so uh, preponderant because uh, all these uh, uh, 
set of ideas are back in uh, an old fussy scheme that is made of uh, concepts like uh, meat, uh, planning, uh, nation, uh, family, and other uh, concepts that uh, uh, when we come to analyze it, uh, really are really v- uh, uh, vague and uncertain compared to the reality that uh, we live. I, I, okay, I, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's clear enough. Well, okay, so let's define even more the connection between, between those three uh, themes that you have introduced. <coughs> let's say capitalism has been with us for at least 200 years. Uh, fascism was uh, de- de- developed, deployed uh, first at the beginning of last century. And neoliberalism, say, let's say, has been with us has been defined in the in the past uh, maybe uh, 40 50 years um, is it the first time that those three enemies that you identify in capitalism neoliberalism and fascism are together um what uh, uh, we, we are trying to do is uh, having uh, as you pose it in um, in a historical perspective we also uh, we we have also um, tried to take back the contribution of scholars from uh, uh, the time when capitalism and the fascism have raised to address the issue that arising with the neoliberalism. Uh, let's say uh, the first point uh, that uh, capitalism neoliberalism and fascists have in common. They, they have in common uh, historically that uh, the way that they came into uh, power of uh, social relation is based on uh, uh, their own inconsistent theory and set of concepts. Uh, as I was saying before, capitalism, neoliberalism, and fascists uh, are for themselves, in many of their ideas, very self-contradictory. For example, um, capitalism uh, supposed to be uh, either for uh, being uh, uh, against wars, but a lot of capitalist countries uh, practice wars, uh, and uh, for peace. So. Um, in capitalism can coexist uh, different uh, uh, practices, uh, even if the, uh, there is uh, an official communication where uh, the, there is a coherent idea about, uh, let's say, what to do uh, regarding external relations. So uh, in the same way, uh, I can give you an example about fascists and the way that uh, uh, let's say in the uh, fascist uh, manifesto, uh, you have a principle like uh, the elimination of pri- private um, po- uh, private property and uh, uh, intermediate bodies. And then in fascist in the fascist regime, you have uh, uh, corporation. So. Um, the same for uh, neoliberalism. In neoliberalism, uh, you have uh, uh, 
coexisting uh, uh, uncoherent ideas that uh, are uh, widely admitted. So the first point that these uh, uh, three regimes have in common is the inconsistency of their set of concepts. Uh, after this come the way in which uh, uh, impositive, this uh, uh, impositive concept uh, and the narrative coming from it uh, are uh, are given to the masses of people because uh, we know that um, this idea needs uh, uh, and imply uh, an organic society and uh, are often built around the concept of nation. And uh, uh, we see that uh, uh, the role for uh, um, all uh, the social uh, entities uh, uh, are uh, turned into a kind of uh, business uh, uh, ethics, uh, and uh, so everything is uh, is uh, reduced to what uh, uh, capitalism that must be coherent with capitalism and not allowing uh, alternatism uh, alternative. Sorry. Uh, so um, the means by which all this is done is uh, uh, metaphysic, and uh, the, the metaphysic, the, uh, the concept that uh, I just described to you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Is this uh, relevant uh, uh, to capitalism in general, or does it uh, work only with our current um, uh, capitalism, which others define managerial capitalism? Okay, Is it I, a bigger I... problem under managerial capitalism or not? Of course, that, uh, we believe, as I was telling you before, uh, metaphysics of capitalism, uh, we understand it as uh, uh, being already a component of uh, capitalism. Let's say uh, classical or Fordist capitalism. Uh, and uh, what is in neoliberal capitalism different is that uh, a metaphysic as a, a, let's say, a more powerful role uh, in simplifying the theory of uh, capitalism and the way you, it operates. And uh, metaphysic as a concept uh, has a role in, uh, um, in the way that uh, managerialism operates. Uh, because we we admit that uh, managerialism is uh, the result of uh, management and ideology, but that was also true under normal circumstances of uh, of uh, uh, capitalism. Uh, the difference of uh, uh, managerialism under neoliberal capitalism is that uh, um, the the components the uh, of uh, management and ideology 
are uh, having um, a multiplier. And the multiplier is the metaphysic of capitalism. To put it in a, a practical example, we can have a manager. This manager can assume all uh, the practice uh, that uh, are relevant and uh, dominant in management, plus he might have uh, an, an ideological uh, background. Uh, and uh, what he makes it, uh, let's say, um, manifesting the expression of managerialism is also a component where is uh, uh, he operates uh, or she operates in uh, um, by promoting and practice an intellectuality that, as I was telling you before, is uh, anti-individual and anti-anti-human uh, because uh, he wants to uh, just replicate the the acceptance and the practice uh, of. Uh, a repression of anything outside, uh, whether a corporate organization, a corporate organization in particular, or capitalism more in general. Uh, so that, that, that is the, the original and the, the originality of the definition that we give of uh, uh, managerialism. And that we also give an <coughs> example of uh, um, of managerialism, we quote uh, a speech that uh, is particularly relevant for uh, uh, the brutality of the of the arguments uh, given to uh, the way uh, managers should behave towards their employees. Um, and uh, uh, this uh, speech that was given to uh, a top. Uh, uh, manager of an Italian uh, uh, public uh, uh, governed uh, uh, company. Uh, um, then uh, was also was not addressed at all by by the Italian media, even if the CEO has to excuse for this speech. So the point is that uh, we see how in uh, neoliberal capitalism and managerialism. Uh, in the same uh, corporation, uh, two or more different ideas of uh, managing HR can coexist. Uh, the one that uh, is uh, embodied by the CEO that is manifesting uh, some brutal ideas of how to change the organization, together with uh, a code of conduct, uh, uh, a corporate social responsibility policy, a whole what the uh, good uh, um, and uh, let's say human favorable practice of uh, HR are uh, are trying to promote as progressive. Okay, now I, now I would like to challenge you on two things: uh, the use or abuse of two. Concepts. Let's start from uh, neoliberalism. Uh, it is often, very often described as a dominant idea in so many fields, and so apparently neoliberalism is everywhere. The European Union, a neoliberal project. The Euro, a neoliberal project. The knowledge economy, urban planning, a neoliberal project. 
the dominant trends in labor market regulation, clearly, another neoliberal uh, paradigm. Uh, or what else? Even, I don't know, the journal rankings, the evaluation research, neoliberal projects. So my question, my provocation is, uh, and you use this expression as a key word for, for your book, is there a possibility that we are abusing of the idea of neoliberalism and that we see it everywhere and that we see a mastermind deploying it in every aspect of our life and in every policy and that we see it as a truly dominating paradigm? Uh, yes, I, I much agree with you about the um, very much uh, um, exposure of the term neoliberalism um that that is also related i think to the um some part of the academia uh let's say uh, i believe that in some uh, uh oh, oh you mentioned about the neoliberal projects uh is is true and uh, what what is also true is that uh, the way that uh, we also talk about uh, uh, neoliberalism or contemporary capitalism or uh, whatever we call it uh, is also a way for uh, uh, we, we, without uh, let's say really the denouncing the roots of uh, this system is also a way to reiterate the acceptance that I was talking about before. Um, in the sense that uh, um, a lot of uh, also the uh, speculation of, of uh, capitalism is uh, is is not really addressing. Let's say is much uh, compartmentalized into discipline. Uh, what we are trying to do in this book uh, and uh, was also. Um, a merit of Andrea Micocci and all he has done, not only in the academia, but also in the society, was to bring economics uh, outside, um, outside uh, the economic uh, discourse, which means to uh, reconnect economics to society. That's why we also try to give a lot of practical examples uh, of how these, uh, the, the the acceptance and the practice of uh, neoliberal politics are uh, are admitted by uh, academics, but also uh, decision maker and uh, uh, any kind of social uh, organization. So um, it's very it's very difficult to uh, talk outside the neoliberalism, but. Is, uh, is also a mean of uh, talking and debating about it to find a way for uh, alternatives. Maybe the, the problem might also be that uh, uh, there is uh, a disproportion between uh, how much uh, is uh, the neoliberalism system analyzed and uh, the amount of uh, uh, sol potential solution uh, for problems of the liberalism are brought by uh, the different uh, actors I've just mentioned before. 
Okay, so second uh, keyword, fascism. Are we abusing its use in uh, defining uh, fascist uh, contemporary governments? For example, I don't know, the Italian one, or defining fascist the, the elected, the newly elected Brazilian president. Is there a risk in abusing, uh, of course, not for intellectual purposes like uh, your Uh, political economy and philosophy book, but in the daily language and in the daily political language, is there a risk that we are abusing, uh, we are using too often the word fascism to define contemporary uh, events and contemporary characters that not necessarily uh, are truly fascist from a literary point of view? Uh, as you are saying, if uh, it is an abuse, of course, uh, uh, it must be denounced. Uh, the point uh, is also um, when we want to say uh, this uh, government is fascist or not, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, for example, we have a, a recent uh, uh, Italian debate from uh, prominent historians Uh, and other uh, journalists which have tried to uh, say that in Italy there is no a fascist regime and they try to review some of uh, uh, the historical fact that has happened in the past, in the last century. Um, but th this is not uh, what uh, uh, a lot of people in, uh, uh, especially the... Uh, grassroots uh, and uh, uh, urban uh, communities are claiming as fascist. The point is uh, uh, what uh, we claim as uh, fascist is uh, uh, that communalities uh, in terms of either brutality or indifference. So it, it must not be that uh, uh, fascism must necessarily manifest under a brutal uh, character. Let's say um, the, the Brazilian government has made a, a fascist statement. We, we and uh, uh, the Italians, uh, the Italian one, uh, maybe two. Uh, the point is the uh, reality of uh, uh, not only uh, these uh, two governments, but uh, the wider uh, context of all this country. Uh, let me just give you an example. Uh, in, uh, in London, you have a uh, um, monument to the, uh, to the memory of the Jewish children rescued during the the Nazi regime, uh, the kinder transport. Uh, so uh, during the fascist uh, and the Nazi time, the Second World War, there were so-called civilized nations that through agreement between governments and uh, uh, communities, in that case where the Jewish community were able to rescue children from uh, Uh, being uh, killed by the Nazi regime. Today, uh, we are not about to rescue uh, children which are uh, in Libya or in Syria or in other uh, uh, 
country where the life is at risk. Uh, and uh, we want to claim ourselves uh, as a non-fascist uh, regime when we practice a fascist uh, policy in, uh, in, in, on the themes of immigration, uh, urban policies, and so on. So um, uh, th this will be seen on the historical perspective. But what we can see now is that uh, there are several uh, denounces of what is ever happening at uh, socioeconomic level, not only the inequality, uh, but also the way that uh, econom economics, uh, economists, and uh, in general, uh, the economic field has been denying the social uh, impacts of the, the, the current neoliberal policies. So uh, that is the, the real social conflict that uh, in some case is uh, emerging as a conflict. In, in some other case is uh, englobated, incorporated by uh, the populace uh, or so if you want to call it fascist regime that are now widespreading in some countries of Europe or uh, South America or more uh, widely in different, in current ways uh, worldwide. Okay, now let's move to my final question, which is, uh, uh, what about your future project? What are you working on now? Uh, right now I'm working uh, on uh, my PhD, which is um, a comparative study on uh, restructuring across uh, um, construction industry in Italy and the UK. Uh, is a very interesting uh, uh, study about uh, the construction of the, uh, two underground lines in Rome and uh, in London. Uh, and uh, it was uh, uh, a great opportunity to, as uh, we are always trying in this uh, effort to link uh, uh, economic, uh, uh, political economy and uh, Uh, sociology and the industrial relation, uh, academics with uh, society. So it's a is a very uh, is a very interesting uh, 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 part of the work I'm I'm conducting now together with uh, my usual engagement uh, uh, with some uh, social organization, uh, trade unions. Uh, in Italy, uh, for which I'm conducting an independent research uh, on, change, on changes at workplace. And uh, my, um, my engagement uh, for uh, an NGO called Junior Art Club, for which I dedicated almost two decades of my, of my work. So in different ways, all this uh, um, effort of understanding our society uh, with um, uh, the lens of uh, uh, economics uh, uh, merging uh, in, in uh, the different aspects of my work. Well, good luck for this project and congratulations for your publication, your book. You have already published 
journal articles and other works, but for a young scholar like you are, this is already a very big achievement. Congratulations, and thank you very much for being with us today. This was The Fascist Nature of Neoliberalism, published by Routledge in 2017 and authored by Andrea Cocci and Flavia Di Mario. Thank you very much for being with us, Flavia. Thank you to you very much and to your audience.